Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Last week, I started talking about uh, the Holy Spirit. Now, as I go from one message to another, don't forget my earlier messages. Remember, I talked about uh, the gospel and about we're commissioned to carry the gospel and to we're to go into all the world. And that, that word doesn't just mean uh, a geography. It means all of the places of influence, all of the places of society, all of the organized areas of the world, whatever part of life you're organized in. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Go into all the world of of construction work, go all into all of the world of education, go into all the world of corporate uh, structure, go into all the world of, of medicine or whatever your, your area of the world is you work in, go in there and make a difference, take Jesus. We're also told that we were to teach all nations. We've also found out that nations isn't just talking about uh, foreign geographical places, it talks about the people, the different cultures of the world. And, and we pointed out that uh, the world has come to us. Thank you for, for your enthusiasm. Try to contain yourself this morning. I know, you know, you just don't want to get out of, out of order here, you know, praise the Lord. He says, go into all of the, of the nations and the nations have come to us. And, uh, you know, if, if somebody like Jackie can go across the ocean somewhere, we ought to be able to go across the street. Amen. And there, there are people around us who are, they're, they're prime, they're ready. And we just need to take the love of God and the, and the power of God and the witness of the Lord Jesus Christ to them. Amen. Amen. Remember, there are people different than us, all around us. Like I said a few weeks ago, don't be afraid of different people. We all have a natural tendency to wanna, you know, to, we gravitate to people that are like us that we feel familiar with and that we have something in common with. And we see sometimes people dressed, you know, very differently that indicates, you know, they're from a, a different part of the world. They've got a different colored skin, a different, you know, accent and, and whatever. And we have a tendency to, to be uncomfortable around them. Just remember, they're the ones that are uncomfortable. They're the ones that are on foreign soil. We're at home. We're at home. Amen. We have the advantage Come on, we have the advantage when we meet people like this. We're at home. We're the ones that can extend grace. We're the ones that can extend a friendly uh, gesture and a warm word and just a greeting to, 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 to uh, reach people's hearts. Amen? Amen? So let's not forget that. Amen? And then this last Sunday, we talked about being filled with the Spirit. And, uh, you know, the Spirit-filled life, so the devil would like people to be nervous. And... Uh, tradition, prevailing church tradition in church-wide in the world today is that when a person is born again, they receive the Holy Spirit and that is the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Being born again and being baptized with the Holy Spirit is synonymous. It's the same thing. It's the same experience. And when a person is born again, then they receive the Holy Spirit and that's all of the Holy Spirit there is. 
and that there's not another experience. Well, we're gonna show today even more than last week that that's not true. There is a second additional experience called being filled with the Spirit, being baptized with the Holy Spirit, and it, and it doesn't happen automatically at the new birth. It's a separate experience. But, but the see, the, I read something this week. Somebody put something up on, on the internet and they said something to the effect that uh, religious people love what God did, but they don't like it when he does something. They like to read about all the power and all the things that happened in the Bible. They want to tell stories about it and they'll, they'll put on dramatic re, uh, reenactments of it and just, you know, they're real big on what God did then, but if God does anything like that today, they don't like it. And, and, that's, and of course, we know the devil's behind. That doesn't mean that people that believe this way are of the devil. It's just that, that church tradition is influenced and by wrong thinking, which is of the devil, it's a deception. And so uh, the devil will do everything he can to oppose the power of God. Right. Right. Amen. One thing he'll do is, is, is he'll try to make people nervous. Being spirit-filled isn't being over-emotional. It's not being, you know, just kind of out of yourself and, and, and being out of control or, or uh, anything like that. It, be, the spirit-filled life, let me just... Let me just give you this illustration. Turn with me to Luke, the third chapter. Luke chapter three. Luke chapter three. Hallelujah. Now this is, this is John the Baptist and his ministry in the wilderness. The Bible says that the people from uh, Jerusalem, Judea, and different places, they all came to him in the wilderness, and he was a preacher. And uh, he said, uh, I indeed, and he was baptizing people there, and it says in verse 16, John said, I indeed baptize with water, but one mightier, mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So we don't emphasize that fire enough. Said so we don't emphasize the fire enough. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Well, what does that mean? You know, John had just had people come down into the water and he baptized them in water and they came up and they were covered in water. There was literally water on them, dripping off of their clothes and their bodies. And he said, I'm baptizing you in water, but one is coming after me who's greater than me. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Well, to be baptized with the Holy Spirit is to be covered with the Spirit. It's to have the Holy Spirit dripping off of you. And what about the fire? I think a lot of people have forgotten about the fire. What does it mean to be baptized with fire? Well, what, would, what, would it, what kind of an idea would it conjure in your mind if John had said, there's one coming after me and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and ice. He'll give you an ice bath. What kind of, what kind of, a, of an impression would you have? Huh? Something cold, frozen, miserable. 
He said just the opposite. I'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and said Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. We have this expression, so-and-so is really on fire for God. Now, do we mean that they're burning with a literal fire? No, we mean that there's life in them that they have something unusual. There's, a, there's a, a sense about them, a presence about them, that they're full of God. Yeah. And it affects everything they do. That's what the spirit-filled life is designed to do. It's supposed to affect everything about us. And the spirit-filled life isn't something, being filled with the spirit is, a, is not a one-time event that then carries on uninterrupted. Being filled with the Spirit is something that happens in a point in time, but then the Bible talks about being filled again. You notice on the day of Pentecost, you know this, look over there in Acts chapter two. Acts chapter two, it says in verse number four, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now this was, the, this was approximately 120 people on the day of Pentecost. The apostles were all there and then there were others there. Like I said, a, a, about 120 people it says. If you go over to the fourth chapter of the book of Acts, it says in verse 31, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, by this time, there were, there were more people there, perhaps, because this was a prayer meeting, so it might not have had everybody there in the early church in Jerusalem, might not have been there, but, but there was a, a group of people there, and they were praying that night. They were praying for Peter, who had been, Peter and John had been arrested and were put in prison. They were praying for them. But it says that when they prayed, verse 31 the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So there had to have been somebody there that was in there in that original group in Acts chapter two. And they were all filled. That means they got filled with the Holy Spirit again. There's one baptism with the Holy Spirit, but there are many refillings. And that is the issue for so-called spirit-filled people. People often refer to themselves as spirit-filled. Yes, I'm a spirit-filled Christian. Well, are you today? Are you right now or at, uh, at any given time? We say we go to a spirit-filled church. Well, do we? <laughs> See, the, the fullness of the spirit is something that has to be it has to be nurtured. Amen. God wants us to be full all the time. I said God wants us to be full all the time. I'm straying from, my, from what I had planned to say and the, and the, the way I was gonna take this morning, but I, I'm, I'm impressed just to stay on this. God wants us to be filled and refilled. You see, it's really not a matter of staying filled so much as it is of being refilled. I'm of the persuasion that it'd be very, very difficult for most people to stay filled with the Spirit all the time. 
These people in Acts chapter 4 had been filled with the Spirit, but they were all filled again. Now, maybe that means that they just stayed full, but to me it sounds like something happened to them. And they, for a, and, and right prior to this, they weren't filled, and then they got filled again. Can you see, as we go through life, the things of this world affect us we get our attention changed. Our attention is on other things. We get, well, just life around us affects us. And we have to shake those things off and get back in the presence of God and, and be constantly filled with the Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Go with me over to Acts chapter five. Excuse me, Ephesians chapter five. I was thinking Ephesians said Acts. Go to Ephesians chapter five. And look at verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly. That word means purposefully. Notice it's not up to God. He said, see that you do it. This is something we do. See that you walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Well, what is the will of the Lord? Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. And you probably know this because I've, I've taught on it many times that in the original Greek, there's a play on words here in the original Greek. And the best way to translate this particular statement is be being filled with the Spirit. Be being filled. See, that indicates an ongoing repetitive action of being filled over and over and over and over with the Holy Ghost. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Be, fit, be being filled with the Spirit. Well, what is it like? What, what can you tell if someone is filled with the Spirit? Can you tell if you're filled with the Spirit? What are, what are the indications you're filled with the Spirit? If we can find out what the indications are that you're filled with the Spirit, then it'll be pretty easy to see whether we're filled or not. Because if we don't have the things that go along, if we're not exhibiting the characteristics of one that's been filled with the Spirit, then I think it would be logical to assume that we need to get refilled. Isn't that right? First of all, speaking, now I'm reading from the, from the New King James. This is a, a place where uh, they made the mistake uh, instead of being a, translating this literally, they... Uh, they, they, it's really a, a commentary, an opinion. Because you see it says speaking to one another in the New King James. In the, in the regular King James, it says speaking with yourselves or speaking to yourselves. How does this sounds reading? Speaking to yourselves. In the original Greek, it literally says speaking with yourselves. Now the reason they changed this to speaking to one another is because if you go over to Colossians, Go over to Colossians chapter 3. 
in the hat here? Huh? Colossians 3. Oh, I was in two. No wonder it didn't make sense. Let, verse 16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Now notice what it says. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Now that verse is similar. Some of the expressions are the similar. Psalms, uh, hymns, spiritual songs and so forth and, and uh, singing to the Lord. And so the translators of the New King James thought that both of these verses were saying the same thing. So they changed Ephesians chapter five to make it line up with Colossians chapter three. Colossians chapter three literally says, speaking to one another, teaching and admonishing one another. So this is something where you're actually speaking to one another. But in Ephesians, it doesn't say that and it's not talking about that. Go back to Ephesians chapter five again. Ephesians chapter five, it literally says speaking with yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. See, this is something in, in Ephesians five, this is talking about something in your personal life. It, it, Colossians is talking about something we do when we come together. Amen. See, Colossians is teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That's, that's ministering to one another. In Ephesians, it's talking about your private life and your personal life, and it says speaking with yourself, literally speaking with yourself. See, a, a spirit-filled person is constantly singing and speaking to himself. In psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, notice what it says, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. If, that, if that's not a picture of your private life, then you, you probably need to uh, get ready to be refilled. Because this is a picture of the Spirit-filled life. Be, be being filled with the Spirit, verse 18. Verse 19, speaking with yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Spirit-filled people are people who are constantly singing and making melody and rejoicing in the Lord. Has your praise leaked out? If your praise has leaked out, it's because the Spirit has leaked out. I didn't get as many <laughs> amens, wasn't greeted as warmly. The spirit-filled person is, is someone who's speaking by the spirit. Speaking by the spirit. Singing by the spirit. Amen. Sometimes I'll just get by myself, you know, and, and, and I'll start praising the Lord and I'll just start singing psalms and, and, and I'll just make up stuff. Yeah. And, and, and I'll just make it and, and it, and it can rhyme or it doesn't have to rhyme. I'll just start singing about the goodness of the Lord, how good he is to me. And, and now if you were there, you probably wouldn't think much of it. 
But to me, I'm just expressing what's on my heart. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You've set me free. I'm just so, I was so bound and now I'm so free and I've got the love of God. And, and the spirit of the Lord begins to, to, to rise up in me. And I start going from one blessing to another blessing, another. And I'll just speak and talk and I'll speak in tongues some and then I'll sing some in English and I'll just give thanks. And, and there's just, that's, that's how you maintain the spirit-filled life. If you don't do that, you will not remain spirit-filled. Or let me say it better, you will not be constantly being refilled with the spirit. Because I'm gonna tell you, there's a lot of times when I start, I'm not very filled. I have to stir myself up in it to get the, the, Paul said, stir up the gift of God that's in you. And we have to stir ourselves up in the spirit in order to maintain the spirit-filled life. So a person who is filled with the spirit is someone who is speaking by inspiration, either in other tongues or by the spirit of prophecy or just singing songs that come up out of your heart. That's, that's the spirit-filled life. And then it says giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The spirit-filled life is a, is a thankful life. Thanking God. Going about your day with thanksgiving in your heart. Now, I know if, you're, if, you're, if you have the, a kind of a job where you're around people, you know, you just can't, you know, just... Uh, be praising God out loud in the middle of your, you know, your work conference or something. I mean, you know, whatever. That's not always uh, permissible and, and you shouldn't. People will think you're nuts. But I tell you what, if, if it's on the inside of you and, and, and you're maintaining your spirit-filled life, there, there's something about you, even, even when you're around other people, there's, there's, some, there's, a, there's, there's, some, there's a note of praise and thanksgiving about you. You're not complaining and griping and, and joining in with all of the negative talk that's going on. There's, there's, there, what is it that, that people see about you? Do they see a difference? See, the spirit-filled life will make you attractive. Steve said, thank God. It's the best cosmetics out there. You can, you can be somebody like me, not very blessed with good looks, you know, and if, you, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's just attractive. It lightens your face. There, you know, even in the natural, even unsaved people, if they're happy, you like being around them. Some Christians, dear Lord, who in the world would want to be around them? I said some Christians, not most Christians, but some. We know some folks. Who in the world would want to be around them? They don't even want to be around themselves. But you see, the spirit-filled life will, will, giving thanks, being grateful, having a joyful heart just comes naturally. Oh, glory to God. 
Amen. Submitting to one another. A spirit-filled person is easily submits to others. In other words, a spirit-filled person doesn't have to have it their way. The spirit-filled person can let the other person have it their way. The spirit-filled person is easy to get along with. The spirit-filled person is not touchy. You know, some people are just touchy. There are some people you, 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 you're, you're afraid, not really you know, afraid, but you're, you're concerned. Anytime you talk to them, you, you, have to, you have to really handle them with kid gloves. If there's anything you have to say that's the least bit a, that might be a challenge to them, you know, you, you, have to, you have to really think about how you're gonna say this. Let me put this just right. Let me hopefully not offend. Those people need to get filled with the Spirit. Amen. Some people can't serve in the local church because they can't get along with anybody. Now, not this man. I'm not talking to him. <laughs> But some people, some people will, will agree to serve in, in some area and the very first time the leader in that, of that department says something that they don't like or maybe doesn't just handle them with absolute kid gloves. You know, just baby them and just, just even says something a little bit short maybe. And maybe they were a little short. You have a bad day every now and then too. So what if your department director didn't just say something to you just as pleasantly as they could? Maybe they had 19 other things on their mind. Somebody didn't just, just didn't just, just kiss you on the cheek and tell you how wonderful you were and thank you a thousand different ways for all that you've done. Instead, they said, I don't like this, do this differently. Well, I'm out of here, I can't serve. They don't respect me. Come on now, that's not the spirit-filled life. Amen. The spirit-filled life, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Spirit-filled people, like I said, are not hard to get along with. You're not, you're not, they're not easily offended. Why? Because they're, 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 they're full of the spirit. That's, what, that's part of being on fire. See, if you can, so what if you can run around the church? That's okay. If you can run and shout when everybody else is running and shouting, it's appropriate to do it when everybody else is doing it. And, and so what if you can do that? But if, if, if the first time you're challenged about something, you get mad, then all your running didn't impress God. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. I, now I'm, you know, I'm all for demonstrations of the Spirit. But, but Spirit-filled people are people that are interested in, in the whole thing and what God's doing. They're not just interested in them. What, what, what's good for me? Amen. What makes me feel good? Amen. And just because somebody said something to you that maybe, you know, maybe they were rude. That's why you have the Holy Spirit. 
so you won't act rude back. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. It's true. God wants us to be so full of the Spirit that people see a difference in our lives. Like I said last week, being filled with the Spirit is takes you takes you takes your ordinary life and makes it extraordinary. It adds a dimension to your life. You're the same you. Listen, we're all different. We all have different personalities. We all have different added aptitudes, and and there are things that we're all kind of pre wired, uh, conditioned to, to be certain ways. We, like I said, we all have different personalities. But being spirit-filled takes, takes you and your personality and puts a spark in it. That's what he was saying. When you're baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire, you got enough spark, sister. <laughs> I just saw the two of you laughing about that. I said, Miss Sparky right there. All of you are not going to be like Sister Karen. It'd be good. But I know, all. well, it really it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be good if we were all like Sister Karen. Sparky. It's not your new nickname. But, but what kind of reaction do people have when you're around them? Or, or is, is there a blessing brought in to the, into, the, uh, into the equation when you interact with people? Do you leave and, and there's a refreshing that took place? Yeah. Or is it the opposite of that? Yeah. Amen. Yeah, praise the Lord. None of this is in my notes, but... I have made note of them. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know where I'm at here. Oh, glory to God. Go with me to Romans chapter 12. Here's, here's some more uh, descriptions of the spirit-filled life. Having them, verse number six, gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Our ministry, let, it using, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness, Here's, here's the verse I want to get down to. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor preferring, giving preference to one another. That's what the spirit-filled life does. It causes you to be kindly affectionate with people. You, I'm the, my, my, my personality, just my own 
outside of Christ's personality, not necessarily sinful, but just my psychology. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not real interested in what's going on with other people. That I have to work on it. And I notice that when I'm, the more filled with the spirit I am, the more interested I am in other people. Amen. I'm kind of a, of a quiet, uh, I'm introverted to the point not, not of being embarrassed around people. I'm just, I'm just okay if I don't talk to anybody. And I'm okay if they don't talk to me. Doesn't offend me if somebody walks past me and doesn't say anything to me. I never even notice it. Some people take great offense in that because people have different kinds of personalities. I, I have to trust the Holy Spirit to give me a personality to, to allow me to react with people from my heart, not from my head, not from my psychology, but from the Spirit of God on the inside of me. I'm not overly affectionate I'm just talking about me personally. Now, now I am with my wife. You know, we love one another. We're tender towards one another, my children. But as far as being the kind of person that's just always bubbly and just telling people how wonderful they are, I'm just telling you, that's not me. But at the same time, when, the Holy, when, I, when I let the Holy Spirit move, I find myself more interested in those things. I find myself more aware of people than I ordinarily am. Well, if somebody's not being aware of you and they're not being aware of your need and they don't seem to be sensitive with, to, to what's going on in your life and the difficulty you're going through, you know, listen, don't, don't be offended by it. That's a, that's a good opportunity to reach out to somebody else because somebody else is having a down day too. Somebody else has some wounds they might feel like licking too, you know. There's somebody else might have some things going on in their life. He said be affectionate to one another. I don't know why I'm spending so much time on this, but in, in one another, uh, with one another, with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another. Now listen to the next verse. Not lagging in diligence, but fervent in spirit. Fervent. That, that's something else about the spirit-filled life. It will, the spirit-filled life, being filled with the spirit will stir up fervency in you. Spirit-filled Christians are more fervent in their praying. They're more fervent in their faith. Therefore, they're more fervent in their expectations. Amen. All of this comes about by being filled with the Spirit. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Who are you serving? Who are you serving? You get offended at church because somebody said something to you. Well, who are you serving? Were you serving them? Well, yeah, they're, you know, they're my department director, and so I'm serving them. Really? You should be serving the Lord. Listen, if you're just serving me, you're gonna be disappointed. 
If you're, if you're serving Pastor Angela, you're really gonna be disappointed. <laughs> Just kidding. I get to go home with her. What I'm saying is people can disappoint you. But if you're serving in the church, you should be serving the Lord, not the person you're working for in the church. You're serving the Lord. And whenever you quit and just walk out because somebody said something you don't like, you just walked out on the Lord. Yeah, you just walked out on the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. It's the truth. Well, glory. Let's go back to go back to the Bible. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Persevering, the margin says, in tribulation. Hallelujah. Continually, continuing steadfast in prayer. See, we, we, we kind of have a, have a tendency to want to take pride in, our, in, 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 in the areas where we're excelling. We ought to be checking up on the areas where we're not doing so good. The spirit-filled life affects all of this. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Now listen to this. Distributing to the needs of the saints. That means helping other people when they're in need. I said that means helping others when they're in need. Helping others when they're in need. Given to hospitality. Actually, there's a, there's a note here in my Bible and it's, there's, a, there's a, a number after the word uh, given and it says literally pursuing, pursuing hospitality. That means, that means looking for opportunities to be hospitable. You might, you might say, I just don't seem to have the gift of hospitality. Well, pursue it. I said pursue it. Pursuing hospitality. Uh-oh. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Now, who in the world is, was the Apostle Paul writing to here? Was he writing to people down at Joe's bar? Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Hmm. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. You know, it would do some people a, a, a great deal of, of, of uh, good to just 
get out of, uh, of their little box of friends and find somebody else that maybe isn't, isn't part of a, of a group. Somebody new in church. And just maybe befriend them. You have your little group and there's nothing wrong with having your friends that you see on, you know, outside of church and, and so forth. But what about people who, who, who haven't been here long enough to be a part of that? Or maybe they're just not very outgoing and they're just kind of quiet and they, they've been here for a while but they're, they're just not part of, well, why don't you just make them a part? What if somebody comes in and doesn't look as nice as you look? Could you still invite them to your house? Could you, could you still welcome them? Oh, boy. Hallelujah. Associate with humble people. Do not, do not set your mind on high things. You know, in, in the day in which this was written... I think it's talking, it was talking about, uh, you know, don't set your mind on snooty things, highfalutin things, upper crust things. Associate with, with normal people. Associate with everyday people. Associate with somebody maybe not as cultured as you are or maybe not as affluent as you are or maybe not as, as uh, nice looking as you are. Or maybe doesn't wear as nice a clothes as you wear. Maybe he's not as intelligent or as educated as you are. Well, praise the Lord. I remember a number of years ago, and I'm not going to say who it is, so you'd have no idea who this is. I remember quite a few years ago, somebody started coming to our church, and this individual was really down on their, on their luck. I mean, they didn't dress nice and you know, didn't come from a, a, a really nice polished background, and, and they didn't look so good. And I, and I watched, I never said anything. It's been many, many years. Never, I've never said a word about it to today. I watched as people just sort of, I mean, they, they started coming to church and they came to church every service and came and, and I just noticed it was like they had the plague. Nobody wanted to sit around them. Nobody wanted to, to hardly have anything to do with them. And I, and I didn't say anything. Now, that eventually, that individual stayed. They don't come here any longer. This has been a long time ago. But that eventual, that person, they persevered. And they kept coming until they were eventually a part of our church. But there were still people that never really embraced them because they just, they just weren't as nice. They, weren't, they just weren't put together real well. You know what I'm talking about? I think that's what he's talking about here. We need to be welcoming to everybody. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. This is a scattershot sermon today. It's not even a sermon. It's just a talk. Repay no one, verse 17 says, evil for evil, having regard for good things in the sight of the Lord. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, I love that, live peaceably with all men. You know, there are some people you just can't be in peace with. Because they won't let you. There's some things you can't control. But as much 
as lies within you. In other words, as far as your part is concerned. That's what the spirit-filled life does. It makes you, it, it turns you into a peacemaker and a peaceful person and a person that, that uh, people are drawn to. I have, this, I have this opinion and I've seen it. I know it's true. There are, there are some people, I've, you know, I've been doing this for a while, you know, pastoring, and I've noticed that there are people who will attend church for a while and when something happens that they don't like, they'll pull up and they'll find another church. And there are people that go from church to church like that. I mean, all of their Christian life, they're going from one congregation to another and they never set down generational roots. You know what I mean by that? In other words, they stay long enough that their family begins to flourish and it affects generation after generation. They, they're never in a church long enough for that to happen because, because they, they, can't find, they can't seem to find a place where people appreciate them enough. And so they, they go from, from one place to another looking for a culture that fits them. When the, when the truth of the matter is, we need to settle down where we are and be a blessing to somebody else. And not be so interested in what pleases us, but what pleases the Lord. What pleases the Lord? Well, hallelujah. As much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Be at peace. Like I said, be a peacemaker, but also be someone who others can count on. You know, we're in a local church. We depend on one another. We depend on one another. I had virtually nothing to do personally with anything that went on this morning except when I took the pulpit. I didn't turn the air conditioning on. I didn't set the air conditioning months ago whenever it was last programmed. I didn't prepare the teachers I didn't have any input this morning in any place except preparing myself to do what I'm doing here. And you know, you came in here expecting me to do that. You came in here expecting me to do what I'm doing. But there are a whole lot of people who put a lot into this service today. Whole lot of people put a, I mean a lot of effort. The, the reason it's even comfortable in here is because people put effort into it. The reason the carpets are clean and the bathrooms are clean and, and there's order in our classrooms and in our departments is because people put a lot of effort into that. The reason we could sing and praise God this morning with such beautiful uh, leading. Wasn't our praise and worship awesome this morning? 
talent, refinement, I mean skill, even though I had to remind a few, I had to do this this morning. <laughs> During praise and worship, I did like this. Sometimes I need to do it to the congregation. <laughs> sometimes a few, not many, but sometimes there was like two or three people, not many, but there was one person I never could see if they saw me. There was never any change of expression. But the, when the choir gets up there and there's a leading, sometimes I'll do like this, you know, or I'll, and so I had to do that this morning. <laughs> but what I'm saying was they did a good job. And they responded. When I did like this, everybody started grinning, you know, and smiling. I mean, how could you not? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But what I'm saying is a lot went into that. A lot of people gave of, of their time. Not just this morning. They came early this morning, but they came Thursday night as well. Teachers and department directors plan all week long. What I'm saying is we depend on one another. Be somebody that can be depended on to bring your supply. Amen. And and bring it no matter what. Even if, if John, even if for some reason I come in one day and I'm just don't seem to be in a good mood and I might say something dumb or something, you know, not really as as sweet as I could to you. It's easy to talk sweetly to John because he's always so lively, you know, he's always so positive. But I'm just saying, anybody can can, can have an off day. Be bigger than that. Keep bringing your supply into the church. That's what, because serving the Lord. Who are you serving? serving the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. I've rambled long enough. It's dangerous when you get off your notes. You can say things you didn't intend to say. Praise the Lord. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.